You're listening to Fight in Progress. With your hosts and stress coaches, founder of Under the Shield, Susan Simmons, and TomTheBomb.com. Fight in Progress grapples with the internal and external struggles in the daily lives of our men and women in law enforcement, the armed forces, and first responders. Tackling the tough topics and supporting those who support us. We hear you, and we're here for you. Welcome back to Under the Shield Presents Fight in Progress. Hey, Tom. Good morning, Susan. How are you? I'm doing fine. Good. In these uh, lovely temperatures we have here. Yeah, they said, what, by Monday, it'll be 18 days at 110 plus. Yes. We're going for a record. <laughs> oh, we beat the record today. We'll beat the record. Well, you know, yeah. when I moved here in 2012, the day after I got here at night, the next day, first dust storm, haboob, that's really what y'all want to call those things, as my son says, it's a damn dust storm. Exactly. <laughs> and we broke records at 120. Yep. Mm. Good and time went, to come to Arizona. And I went, what have I done? I think it's time to go home. <laughs> but it hasn't been much better. Hey, Joel. Hi, guys. How are you? I'm doing well. <laughs> We're glad you're here. Where else would you be out? Doing something on a roof or something? Columbia. <laughs> Not South Carolina, I don't think. No. No. Bogota, maybe. Why? Are you? Have you turned into a drug dealer? No. <laughs> That's where my mind was. Are you supplementing your income here? Do we All not right. pay well, you enough? I'll be sure to edit this part out, Mom. <laughs> no, let's talk about the Cali cartel and what part you're playing. <laughs> Can you get anybody on the podcast for us? All right, so listeners know I had a wedding invite in Bogota, and Mama Susan didn't let me go. So nope, nope, absolutely not. But hey, but tell the Cali cartel, the ex-wife of a DEA agent, wants to have him on the podcast. You know what? I don't want to play with those guys. So. <laughs> Such a chicken. Jeez. <laughs> Good grief. Well, what's shaking around here? Anything new? Nothing new. Nothing? Not that I can think of for us. Well, other than um, these temperatures. Yeah, that's that's the worst thing. Well, we've been in Winslow. We were standing on a corner in we, Winslow. We, we did stand on the corner. <laughs> we did. So did about a thousand other people just those two days we were there. Well, they said a million come through every year. I know. It's amazing just to stand on that corner and take a photo. And we're going to break the news here to the people that don't know what we know. <laughs> yeah. We met. We had done lunch with the chief. We and did. found out that Jackson Brown yep. was in Winslow, and it turns out that song was actually written standing on a corner in Flagstaff, Arizona. That people don't. Did you know that, Joel? I don't even know who that is. <laughs> I'm, I'm Me lost. <laughs> Y'all don't know the song. Well, sing it. It was written. It's, Remind me. You don't want Most me to popular it. by the Eagles. Yeah, the Eagles oh, sang it. You I'm know, sure we take, take it, it easy. easy. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Standing yeah. on a corner in Winslow, Arizona. Okay. But it was written by Jackson Brown, and it was originally done for Flagstaff, and he wound up coming through Winslow. Yeah, stopped there for reason. some reason. Yeah. And there's a line in there about a woman in a flatbed Ford. Slowing down to take a look at me. Yeah. And he, that actually did happen in Winslow. Oh. And they have a flatbed Ford put. That's permanently parked outside, right next to the corner there. Yeah, they have a, story. a wall. <laughs> that's all it is. Just a wall. <laughs> and it's that corner. I guess he stood on that corner yeah. when he changed it from Flagstaff and to Winslow. So Winside. then a million people a year come and come through Take there. Photos. See what it is. 
Yeah. yeah. It's it's crazy. Okay. Hotels were booked. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And we paid a lot to stay in a Best Western. <laughs> it was kind of a dust bowl, but okay. We were there for two days That's teaching. Right. Yeah. Had a good time and it wasn't any cooler there like it was supposed well, to be. It was ninety nine. No, remember the chief said it, they broke a hundred. Oh, that's true. And they don't usually. Yeah. Thank you. We brought that with us, I'm Probably, sure. Probably, yeah. Well, we have some really exciting guests in here. We have one podcast virgin. <laughs> <laughs> we love to have virgins in that's here. Right. Taking a cherry. <laughs> that's exactly right. We have uh, somebody that's been on the show before, John Mattingly. That's true out of Louisville, Kentucky, and his wonderful wife, Nikki, that is going to also be doing a family under fire, um, one hour kind of Q&A recap, whatever we want to call it, that Under the Shield is hosting tonight at the Arizona Narcotics Officers Association. Of course, this won't air for two weeks, a few weeks. Yeah. So y'all are coming in late to this, but anyway, uh, we've advertised it. So we're just excited to have y'all here. And I hate I couldn't stay for the whole thing yesterday, but I heard it went really well. Oh, good. Hope it did too. Yeah. How'd you feel? Oh, good. Yeah. You only had, what, 650 in that room? <laughs> A little small crowd. Yeah, it wasn't bad. Was that one of your larger crowds? Yeah. I did. Uh, I just did the Southern California Gang Conference a couple of weeks ago. They had like 950. Oh, nice. Yeah. So it was, it was good size. Yeah. Did the air conditioning work the whole time in it the ballroom? Did, it did. I was yes. still hot. Yeah. You know, once I got off stage and breaks, I'd be like, man, I'm soaking wet. My shirt was. But other than that, yeah. Just yeah. from the lights and moving. And I walked the whole time. So, of course. You know, I, I enjoyed yesterday listening to your uh, talk about everything that happened, especially because I read the book, um, 12 Seconds in the Dark. Um, but you having the videos and stuff to supplement your talk right. was nice to. Because I could kind of, you know, now see what I knew about your story. So that yeah. was really cool. Yeah, that's a, Joelle, work on that. We need to be able to put video on our podcast. <laughs> it's a job for you. <laughs> yeah, I hate I missed that part of it. Did you participate at all yesterday, Nikki, or you just sat in, no. in the back and cheered him on? We had um, my eight-year-old here with us. Okay. So we snuck in for like 10 minutes because he went to see Daddy talk. <laughs> But he can't listen or watch the whole thing. Yes. No, no, just a lot. Well, just, he no. kind of lived it, but he was young, and so yeah. Yeah, hopefully we, we we tried to protect him from a lot of the stuff. So sure, but you know, it still gets through, as you well, know. It does, and it'll always be out there for him as he gets older and reaches adulthood, and those kinds of things. And yeah, I think that's something too that's important that we bring out tonight too about how families are involved in all of these things. Uh, my own kids were almost executed when they were four and seven because daddy was a DEA agent. Mm. And, you know, I had to show him pictures and say, this is not a nice person. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think the I think the public thinks when y'all are on duty, that's the only time yeah. that bad people <laughs> want to mess. And they, oh, he's off duty. We'll catch him when he's on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. It's not how it works. That, like they only work nine to five. But, um, yeah, we're excited that this is something that we could make happen here. And it's a first that I know of. Anywhere. Um, right. Have you ever I've been never, to a conference no. with the family involvement of a, no. an event? The, what kind of sparked this for us was we were at the Wounded Blue last year, mm -hmm. and they brought in some survivors yeah. um, from people who had died, the children, Yes. and talked to them, and it was pretty neat. Sure. Pretty captivating and heart-wrenching and 
Yeah. I was like, my goodness. You yeah. Know? Cause some of them were young. Like what was the youngest? 14 maybe. Mm -hmm. Wow. And, and they talked about it and she, how it affected them. She learned from her dad's death on her ring doorbell camera. Oh, wow. Cause her mom was trying to keep it from her. Cause and somebody so she stepped outside door. with the detective and shut it. Wow. And so her and her sister ran and listened to it. And <laughs> of course. Of you course. Know. Jeez. Jeez, that is. And, you know, and the other side to that, I mean, there's the death side, but then there's the side that you guys went through. Right. Where that's not the issue. Thank heaven. We're glad you're here. Uh, but it carries on. You yeah. know, it goes on and on and on. Yeah, there's no funeral and then it's done. Right. As far as in the public eye. Right. It just continues on in the news and then something sparks it. And like Brett's trial is coming up here in uh, October. Mm -hmm. That'll just kind of refire everything back yeah. up because it'll make national news because the DLJ is prosecuting. Yeah, sure. Yeah, it's just a whole, whole other animal. It is. And, you know, we're not going to rehash everything that happened because I really want to bring Nikki into this and, uh, you know, kind of a preparation for tonight, too, because it sounds like I think we're going to have a pretty good turnout. Uh, from people I was talking to, uh, I know a lot of the Maricopa County guys are going to be there. And um, so, you know, we need to make sure that people go back and listen to the original podcast that we did with you, which, Joelle, we can put that in the little brief description so people can that haven't heard it can listen to that and won't be completely lost yeah. as we talk today. But I really want to get your perspective on all of this what you knew, when you knew it, um, because there was a lot of your career that things were going on that you didn't like that you saw, right? As far as? At, at, just at the PD, just oh, issues yeah. and things oh, within yeah. the PD. Exactly. And were you coming home and talking to her about this? Uh, probably not. Probably not, no. <laughs> yeah. Imagine no. that. What what a rare thing here. <laughs> you know, this is one of my big complaints. because but that's where you get conflicting training in the academy. Oh, no, it's not don't, conflicting. It's don't clear. Take, don't keep, take stuff home. Leave it at work. Absolutely. Yeah. Keep personal and professional separate. Right. Yeah, that worked out really well for you, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you failed in that category, yeah, right? Yeah, 100%. 100%. And that's something we keep pushing. You can't do it. It's a lifestyle. Right. You know, well, like you said, you're never off duty. No. So how do you turn that off and, right. you know, move yeah. on? Yeah. And it amazes me. And uh, we will ask this question when we're teaching at ANOA on Wednesday and Thursday. I'm always amazed at the narcotics ones that have not even talked about with their families how to handle a situation if you're out in public off duty and somebody walks up to you. Yeah. And the funniest part to me is the ones who go, yeah, I'm... Same thing mine told me. Yeah, I'm going to tell you just go on to the car. Sure, I am. Absolutely. Uh -huh. <laughs> Somebody's going to walk up to him and go, Agent Simmons, and I'm just supposed to take the children and go to the car. Probably not going to happen. Yeah. Susan will be pulling out her gun. <laughs> <laughs> not till he gave me the signal. Little, little Annie Oakley here. We had a signal. I said, I'm not going to the car. I said, I need to get to a safe distance with the kids. And you give me the signal if I need to call 911 or I just need to start shooting. <laughs> and, uh, so what were your, I mean, what were your thoughts? on? All, were you completely caught off guard when all of this went down? Or you realized that there were things going on at the PD that he wasn't real happy about? No. I. Um, you thought life was good and he was the happiest cop you'd ever met? No. I mean, we've, he's been on for a long time. We've been married mm -hmm. 17 years. So I've kind of seen the ups and downs. Mm -hmm. He would go to different unit. Things would be good. Then, you know, they kind of go downhill or then he'd switch again. And, but that night I was completely off guard. 
Mm-hmm. What did you know he was out doing? Just search warrant? Yeah, he had told me that he had worked a regular shift, and then he had told me that he was going to work some overtime and help with a warrant. Mm-hmm. But he's worked on hundreds of warrants. So <laughs> to you me, didn't it, think was it was just, a big deal. It, correct. Right. Just another one. So I had taking my Ambien and like, I'm out. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Wait, wait. Oh, 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 time out. <laughs> Please tell me you're not still taking Ambien. No, I'm not. Okay, thank you. Yeah, that's, you, no. you need to be in class Wednesday, <laughs> Wednesday afternoon, front row, dead center, both of you. <laughs> so you're out on Ambien. Yeah. Yeah. I had just taken it like 45 minutes. So I had been asleep for like 45 minutes and then he kept trying to call me. And of course I was, I was out. Um, and then I woke up to three random guys standing above me. <laughs> it was, I was so confused. I was, it was crazy. But one of them was his partner. Mm-hmm. And so he was, he was real quiet because we had Caden, because it was actually a really weird circumstance. We were staying at a friend's house because we had just sold our house and we hadn't found a new house because the market was so crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she said, well, just come stay with me. You can, you all can have our basement. So Caden was actually in a separate bed in the basement with me. Um, so he was real quiet not to wake him up. But I was I was really confused. And how old was Caden then? Cause five. five. Okay. Because yeah. this was three years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I woke up, went to throw on clothes, and then I realized I'm getting ready to change in front of these three guys because <laughs> I was so, like, just out of it and confused. And then all the way to the hospital, I was still just kind of like, this this is, this is a jerk. Like, this is not really happening. What did they tell you, though? Do you... Um, he just told me, he said, John's been shot. He's at the hospital. I just need you to get up and get dressed so we can get there. Real calm. He wasn't stressed. I mean, he didn't sound stressed. He didn't. So at that point, I didn't really know what was going on. Sure. Um, so all the way to the hospital, I was just, I, I was kind of in the unknown. I didn't know. And then he got a picture of him doing a thumbs up. So I at least knew he was alive Okay. when we were getting off at the, at the exit. Um, but then I realized, I asked Kevin, I said, has anybody called his parents? And he said, I don't think so. I said, has anybody called his kids? He's like, I don't think so. So I was like, oh. And they're all local? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Great. So I had to call his dad. One sister wasn't. but Yeah. Um, so I had to call his dad. And then thankfully, one of his sisters lived with them, uh-huh. his parents. So they went and told her. And then I made a phone call to the two oldest kids. And then Sherry, his sister, had called the other one. Because by that time, we were walking in the hospital. So sure. that was kind of difficult. You know, usually people call you. I just wasn't. <laughs> yep. I wasn't ready for those phone calls. I bet. Especially to the kids. Well, not when you haven't even really processed and got a real grip of what and they're going to ask a million questions and and that kind of stuff yeah at least she was able to say he's alive i saw a picture of him (laughs) he's good yeah just a thumbs up that's a good sign he had a semi-smile on his face (laughs) i don't remember much a little little grimace but not much yeah (laughs) and so first thing you get to him are you in surgery at this point or what no they got to me before surgery so yeah when we got to the hospital he was he was coherent he looked so great because he had lost a lot of blood mm-hmm. um excuse me but we were able to he was able to talk to us and see us and the doctor though he came in and i swear he was 
fuck is so slow. And in big terms. And, and you're like, give me a I mean, it was like a slog. Get on with it. Yes, like he a was slog. sitting there and he just, <laughs> I, I was sitting there like, just get on with it. Just take, get him to surgery. Yeah. You know, the bottom line remember, of when are we going? I remember yeah. us making contact and I was like, <laughs> you're like, yeah. is he going to operate yeah, as slowly my. as he speaks? It was so bad. <laughs> hey, Doc, I'm bleeding out here. Yeah. yeah. Wow. It was, it was crazy. But then, I mean, he was in there for maybe 10, 15 minutes and then they took him back. They should have only taken two. But... <laughs> well, exactly. I'm thinking he's been shot. Yeah. Like his femoral artery is like gone. Like, what are you doing? What are we, what are we waiting for? Wow. <laughs> and everybody at the PD is there? Is it just crazy? Um, it was a little crazy when I walked in. I was so like out of the, I was so zoned into like where I was going, but I do remember people like lined up and I remember a couple of people talking to me. Um, and then they were kind of willing him as I was walking in from the CT or from x-ray or something. Um, and then in the room, it was just a lot of family. <laughs> Which was nice. So his kids and parents were able to be in there. So they got there pretty quickly after you they called. Did. They were, oh my goodness, maybe 10, 15 minutes. Nice. It was quick. Good. So good. Yeah. And what were you thinking when you couldn't reach her by phone? You knew, up oh, Ambien, she's out. Yes. <laughs> uh, my biggest concern was I did the typical dumb cop thing. When we moved, I thought this is going to be quick. Nothing's going to happen. I don't have to change my emergency contact info. So nobody knew where she was. That was the big issue. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah, because the person type. we were with is not was not a police officer. Ah. And because um, we've kept a huge, I talked about this yesterday, we kept a huge uh, base of friends that had nothing to do with the police. Sure. We just kind of enjoyed that. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't hang out with cops. It's called balance. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so um, I remember on the ground after I got shot, I had my phone in my hand and I, Mike Nobles, the guy was help, helping work on me. Mm-hmm. He's, I tried to call her and he said, don't worry, I got it. I got it. So then I was going to leave just a message for him, just in case you died. You don't know. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> Love you. Have a good day. <laughs> and so Mike said, give me your phone. So I opened it up and I said, I don't remember the address because, you know, things were going on. But I pulled it up on the map. I said, here's where she's staying. It's at Crudy's house. Go there. Here's her number. Did all that stuff. Well, things were going on. He was still helping. He laid my phone on the con concrete and forgot it. So... They had to start all over and figuring out where she was. But fortunately, we had some guys that used to work for me. They're you know good on Facebook and all that. And they got on there quick. And I don't know how they got it so quick. They were well. One of his friends woke up his wife and was like, "Where is like where's Nikki? Where who would she stay with?" Mm -hmm. So she got on Facebook and started scrolling through her my friends. So they and you had five thousand six hundred thirty-five friends. <laughs> right. So they had went to like my best friend's house. And she watches way too many like true crime shows. And oh, so she boy. was like, I'm not letting you in until I see a batch. Because they were in plain clothes and there was just three guys standing out there. And her husband was like, kind of woke up and he was like, you know, let them in. And, and they were like, where is Nikki? And she's like, wait a minute, I'm not telling you until you tell me what's going on. Because <laughs> right. she sure. was like, if John's dead, I'm not letting you go tell her. Sure. I'm going to go with you and I'm going to tell her. And so... They basically kidnapped Robbie in his underwear <laughs> and he rode with one of the officers to the house we were at uh -huh. and they were banging on the door. But my friend, Cruddy, she's a hard sleeper. Oh, she's like, you're is, on Ambien. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm on, and I'm in the basement, so you can't really hear anything. Anyways. And this is what time of night? Uh, by this time, one, one o'clock, one fifteen. Yeah. 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 Okay. And so Cruddy yeah. was sleeping and. Only were, Joelle is awake that time of night. I <laughs> 
But they were banging on the door. And so finally Tara got a hold of Crudy. And Crudy was like, somebody's banging at my door. And Tara's like, open the damn door. <laughs> She's like, open the damn door. She's like, John's been shot. And so it was kind of funny with the kidnapping and the underwear. And sure. just, it was kind of, it was a little bit chaotic. Yeah. But it was fun. We got there. and <laughs> well, And you have to find humor where you can. Right. Especially given that he is still here. Because that's about the only way we get through these things. Right. Is through the crazy stuff that happens. But um, had you ever even thought about this as a possibility that something could happen to him? Yeah, I mean, we've talked about it. I, it's not, it's not one of those things where you don't think it could ever happen to mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. But it just, you just think it's never gonna happen to you. I mean, you know, right? So, and we've talked about it before, but we never really, we never had a game plan. Mm -hmm. We never yeah. had okay, if this if this happens, we need to do you know X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. So, it's probably something that we should have set up before. Mm -hmm. but, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that uh, and I don't know if they still do it or not, but DEA. And again, we were on in the early 80s, um, but I actually was the one who filled out the notification form of who I wanted to come tell me, yeah. which I think is really Isn't important mm -hmm. because I never had to panic when an unmarked pulled up because Steve knew he was my one and he knew to call me if he just wanted to swing by and get coffee don't right. just knock on the front door because <laughs> you're probably going to get met with something you don't want but um it, you know and it also made me feel like I was part of and DEA really cared and took me as part of the family because who Marshall would have put and who I put I totally would different. yeah wouldn't have wanted the one and he was kind of like, well, I don't understand why they don't want me because your ass ain't going to be the one notified. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and it had who could pick up kids. It had, and then we had all that at the school. So there was a lot of things like that that I think people don't think about Yeah, that could be very helpful. Even stuff like passwords or yes. bank account info or right. yes. all that stuff. Because like my, my sister's husband died what, three months ago. February or something. Yeah, something like that. And when he passed, he did all the finances. He did everything. And she was just like, uh, you know, it took weeks to unlock accounts to get, yes. get to prove death certificates and all this crazy stuff. So, yeah, that's just, it's something you think about, but you don't really act on. Right. And so it's, sure. it's kind it's of. It's only a, in the back of your mind. Yeah. yeah. Because, you know, in the first probably 18 years of my career, you feel like, I don't this is going to come out wrong. You feel like Superman. Sure. Like no, it's not going to happen to me. Exactly. Good. My last couple of years though, I'd started realizing, you know, how delicate life is and how quick it could go. And we, that that's when we started changing how we were doing our search warrants. Mm -hmm. We started doing a lot of pull offs away from location, taking them back, you know, it wasn't as many forced entries, right. uh, just cause it started realizing in my head that the, the how many I'd done. Yeah. How many times I should have died. Yes. And then realizing got to change things up a little yeah. bit to avoid that. Yeah. I, I found that a lot with Marshall and those. I was like, really, y'all can't just, um, they'll leave home eventually. Yeah. You know, just wait. They're, they'll, they're not going to stay there for so weeks. Much it does. Mm -hmm. So for, much easier. Versus hitting the door at four in the morning yeah. and then find out you hit the wrong house. That was a good one. <laughs> I'll never forget that one. <laughs> And they're putting the door frame back together. <laughs> at least yeah. they didn't shoot anybody. Exactly. At least they didn't get shot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, what would you recommend to families? What would you say to a young couple just getting started? He's an officer. What advice would you give to somebody? I would 100% tell the wife to find a tribe because I didn't, we had some police friends. 
but we weren't like me and the wives weren't very close. Mm -hmm. And so, like he said, you know, we kind of, I kind of kept my outside friends, Yep. but it's nice to find like a police tribe because they can relate Mm -hmm. and they know Mm -hmm. they have the same fears. Mm -hmm. So it was by chance we went to, um, what was it? Uh, trunk or treat. Mm-hmm. And this was the first time we had been back to Louisville. Um, yeah. So it happened in March. This was in October. First yeah. time we'd come back in town. Oh, wow. Since I just, I just couldn't do it. I was so anxious and nervous and I just couldn't do it. Um, and so the NPWA, the national police wide association, mm-hmm. they put the trunk or treat on for us. Mm-hmm. And I just met a group of girls that just, I mean, they just took me in and they, you know, some of their husbands had been shot. And so it was nice to be able just to relate to people yeah. that I could vent and talk to without venting to him because, you know, he had enough going on too. Sure. Um, so that's definitely, I would tell somebody, especially the wives, just to find a group, even if it's within the, the unit. Sure. Um, but see, I, it, correct me if I'm wrong. I think the way you all did it is so much better because police departments especially i hate to say it but the wives in police departments are so it's such a rumor mill mm-hmm. and they cause so much drama and so i think the fact that you had some from ohio some from new orleans some from all over that didn't know our department's issues right or rumor mills sure and so they just talked about the real things they need to talk about yeah not about all the gossip right yeah and i think that i think it's better that way yeah because like and it's not just our department because I've talked to other people. These these police wives on like the Louisville police wives uh, had a Facebook page. Uh-huh. Well, then all of a sudden there's nothing but fighting and talking about people and <laughs> causing issues. And I'm like, and then people are leaving and accusing other people of stuff. I'm like, that's, oh, it's yeah. not healthy. I mean, oh, yeah. it does no good. The group you found, is that Kelly's? It is. Yeah. Yeah. I know yeah. Kelly. Uh, yeah. We did some stuff in Baton Rouge together. And was Rendy part of that? It was. We actually went to Baton Rouge for their summit. Oh, okay. And it yeah. was it was life changing. I mean, it really was life changing. Yeah, I was there. They and they just had the officer die on the motorcycle, hadn't they? Wasn't that the summit? It was in two thousand twenty twenty one. Oh, this may have been one they did before that. Okay. I can't remember when I was there last, but yeah, and and I agree with you on that. That it, it's good to have them from all over, and you don't have to have a lot of them. That that's the whole thing. Yeah. But you got to have some local too, though. And I was lecturing a cop the other day about this because he was saying, um, actually, and the wife was with him in session. And I asked, I said, "Do you even know any of his team members?" And she goes, "No, not really." And I said, "You know, why are you doing this?" And he said, "Well, I just don't like to bring the job home." And she and I both laughed and they're like, mm-hmm. yeah, you bring it home, buddy. You just don't know it yeah. <laughs> and, uh, in the mood, maybe yeah. not in the words. Right. And I said, but heaven forbid, but what if something happens to you? I said, who's going to be her support system? And it really was a light bulb moment for him. And again, I go back to what I always say about <laughs> men, but we'll cross that later. Um, but I said, you know, she didn't have to know all of them, but at least go to dinner occasionally. You don't have to do something with them every week, but occasionally just so that they're not all strangers walking in offering to take care of the kids or cook a meal or do something. And I hope I changed his mind. We'll follow up and find out. (laughs) That's what the red man sticks for. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
Tell us about that night from that night forward, though. I know there were some things that John shared with us on the podcast before. I was shocked that how the department handled things for the family. Or you didn't just, handle. Or didn't yeah, handle. Right. Or what they did offer. You go, are yeah. you kidding me? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was. It was cra- it was crazy because you do think he's on this department with all these people, you know, they'll have his back. Yeah. It's not a little department. You it's had not. how many? Well, at the time, probably 1150. Yeah. We're, so we're, we've got 1300. We're loud. Mm-hmm. I think we're down to a thousand now. Yeah. So like it's, everywhere. It's not right. Tiny. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I know, like, I know that the guys had his back. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause you know, they would call, they would show up, they would do, I mean, they all made shirts. Um, which I thought was kind of cool. Fashion the mayor. But um, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh, add that to my list of things I need to do. But you know who I want to bash. Won't be the mayor, but go ahead. <laughs> so it was it was just kind of shocking. And and I felt terrible for him. Mm-hmm. And it hurt it hurt my heart knowing that he dedicated so many years to this department. And he I mean, he absolutely loved his job. Sure. He loved it. Um that they just kind of wash their hands with mm-hmm. them. And I just, it really, it did. It broke my heart more for him. Sure. I think. But how did you handle the media? I mean, there was so much negativity on this thing. I, See, she turned it off. For a while I was watching it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was reading Facebook and I, but it, it just, for my mental health, I knew at one point I'm like, I've, I've got to shut this down because mm-hmm. if I don't, it's it's going to be really bad. Yeah, it's going to eat your life. Exactly. Oh, no, she's going to be like me and start burning buildings. <laughs> so I, I turned it off. I turned. I quit watching the news. And I, if he was watching the news, I would try not to even be in the same room with him. Mm-hmm. Um, because I know it, it started affecting our son. Um, he came. We... When it happened, we would try not to keep the news on. Sure. And just one day he came in the house and the news was on. We had been outside playing and he like was looking at the TV and then he looked at John. He was like, do you know you're on TV? <laughs> he was like, why are you on TV, dad? And so, and you know, he's five then. It's yeah. it's hard to, Put it's, it it's hard for us to comprehend things. Right. So yes. for a five-year-old, it was really hard to explain to him. Yeah. And so um, after that, I just tried to make sure everything was off mm-hmm. if he was around. Um, yeah, I mean, how do you say to your five-year-old that the media is spewing a bunch of lies about your dad? Yeah. Right. You know, I mean. And his friends and everybody he works right, with. Yeah. yeah. And that's that's what impresses me, though, that you could turn it off and not try to correct it. That would be the hardest part for me is yeah. to see stuff on Facebook, people spewing the lies. Joel's right. over here laughing at me going, yeah, that wouldn't have gone well. Yeah, that wouldn't work. Um, but, your phone would have just exploded oh, oh, in your hand. Oh, no, I'd have, been, I'd have been hiring planes to put banners up in the sky and stuff. But um, well, They I'm did impressed. that against us. They hired planes. No, they didn't. On Derby, time, Derby Day, flew around the track. Wow. No. Yeah. And what did it say? I think it said, arrest the cops who murdered Breonna Taylor. I think so, yeah. See, I'd have been out there with a 308 or something. <laughs> that's when I get my grenade launcher. <laughs> wow. But that's what I mean. How did you? He was fighting enough. Uh-huh. And I think I had, I was so terrified of the hits that had been put out on us mm-hmm. that I was scared to rock any more boats. Mm-hmm. I just, I was trying to lay low. I was trying to stay under the radar because I just didn't want any more sure. publicity or anything coming back on us. And he, 
<laughs> he was doing enough for the both of us. <laughs> there was John. No, <laughs> there was a time that I did. I I had I think I had hit my breaking point because he had sent out that email, mm-hmm. and it just exploded. And his kids were calling, and they were like, "I can't believe Dad did this," and blah blah blah. blah. <laughs> and, and so finally, I was like, "I'm," I was. It pissed me off. I was just, I had think I had just hit it. And, sure. uh, and so I was like, so I typed up my own Facebook post and it was, it was out there because I was you. so mad. But other than that, I, he, I don't know. I just, Do I'm you, more of the quiet one. Um, I've kind of. I think she's come out of her shell. Been that way, but um, yeah, he, he spoke up for probably for the both of us. Yeah. yeah. She kept going, why are you looking at that stuff? And I said, I like to know my enemy. Yes. I want to know what they think mm-hmm. or say. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So I can, I can know what I'm looking for. Sure. You know, so we're just built different. Mm-hmm. Did y'all lose any friends because you had so many friends that were not law enforcement Were some of them kind of just one, but we hadn't really even seen her in a couple of years. Yeah. Maybe. I went to high school with her. She was part of our like core group mm-hmm. of friends. Um, I, we had babysat her kids. I mean, she was, she, she had come to our family game nights. So, I mean, she was a good friend. Yeah. Um, but her, she changed personally before this, she got divorced, started, she just changed who she yeah. was. And then when this happened, then she was vocal about that also. Bought all the media crap. Yeah. Basically. But then uh, Nikki confronted her. <laughs> good for you. I did. That was another. <laughs> and her excuse was, Oh, I didn't know it was that John. I'm like, You've known me for 15 years. <laughs> How many other John Madden? His yeah, face was, was all over face. the news. <laughs> yeah. You have Thank a twin you. out there. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, it was a bad picture, but, you know, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> and did you let her have it or you just cut her off or how did you handle it? I did. I think I caught her off guard because I just straight. She, and that girl liked to always be kind of the bully mm-hmm. or act like it, like she's yeah. all tough and stuff. Mm-hmm. So then when she checked her, she just <laughs> melted. <laughs> it's <was> great. <laughs> and no contact sense, huh? Um, no, she um <clears throat> she had actually posted on a social media post that my mom because my mom is very vocal too. <laughs> Good. Um, and so she commented on something and our friend had said, Aren't you John Mattingly's mom or mother in law, something? And I was thinking, why is she doing this? So I, we had reached just through text and I just said, Hey, you know, we have all these death threats on us. Can you not, can you just delete your post? You can feel however you want to feel. Sure. But can you delete that? Because I don't want to put more of my family in danger. Absolutely. Because then, you know, people will know that she is his mother-in-law and start going after her. And basically she just wrote back and she said, well, she opened the door. Hello. And then I was okay. like, okay, there's no, yeah, mm-hmm. it's too bad. and you can't, right. you can't change people's minds. No. no. So I just, well, and I think sometimes the people that take that stance really don't believe it, but they are too insecure to admit they've been wrong. Yeah. yeah. So they double down on it. Well, and I'll just call it what it is. She's black female. Mm-hmm. And she, the guy that she was married to was a friend of ours. He's a great guy. Mm-hmm. He didn't, he didn't feel this way. Right. But the so new what, guy that she was with, is kind of thuggy. I mean, it's what it is. Sure. Mm-hmm. And so that's just kind of the stance she took and that's the path she chose. Yeah. And so, and she's lonely now. She tried to get back in the group through a couple <laughs> of other friends. They were both all like, Nope, we'll all stay right. out. Nope. Showed yeah. us your true colors here. And yeah. I have to know what was her reaction the night the department offered 
to put y'all in the hotel downtown. <laughs> Probably the same as me. In you the middle got of the protest. That's been kidding me. <laughs> sure, John, let's go. Bags are back. Oh, I love the pool there. Let's go. There. Yeah, I can't believe great somebody room thought service. that was a good idea, though. Oh. I mean, geez. I don't know if they thought it was a good idea. They just looked at the bottom line financially. Oh, yeah. we've got to do something, even though we don't want to. Well, this is the cheapest route. Yeah. Which we made it cheaper on them totally because we did our own thing. You know, there's still no contingency plan because I've asked, what if this happens again? What are y'all's plans? Really? I don't know. Yeah. Wow. That's, that, <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. Well, it's it great is. leadership. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that, well, that's the problem with so much of what we're finding around the country now as it is. There is no leadership. Right. A lot of supervisors. And I'm right. glad we didn't go there because, you know, um, when the well, I'm kind of glad you didn't go there because, <laughs> to be honest, I'm not sure you We wouldn't have been here at this time, but yeah. when the protesters came in, there was like 40 or 50 of them that ate at the nice restaurant in that hotel. It's at the very top. Uh -huh. And our mayor showed up, thanked them, and paid for their meals and drinks. Uh, yeah. Wow. And you really don't think these people thought about that this is not the place to put them, or they just really didn't think you were in danger? I have no idea. Because these know. people won't talk to us. None of us involved. I mean... Yeah, he has I've reached out. I've done all kinds of stuff, and they're just cowards. Just to just to sit down and talk. Hey, you know, can we talk about things? Do you have things to ask? Do you want to? Nothing. Is the mayor still the mayor? No, he did his three terms, okay. which is the limit. And there's a new mayor, but yeah, he's just that mayor two point Yeah. <laughs> and the chief is he's gone. Okay. And then the he retired or he was forced out. But okay, retired, but yeah. he retired. Yeah, because okay. he retired, came out to out here to Arizona oh, that's right. for a few years, came back as our chief and got indoctrinated screwed by everything up. Well, he was, he was that way before he left. He was never a cop. Okay. He was a paper pusher all the way up. And he wouldn't have a conversation with you no. either? The only person, so the mayor came to his the hospital and he had to do his obligatory, like. Was that a media moment for yeah, him? I don't know. I don't know. There was nobody up there. Okay. And this was like right when things started shut down with COVID. Oh, that's right. And so, but it was the most awkward encounter I think I've ever <laughs> been in in my life. Because he came in and he just kind of stood there and he was like. Well, he didn't like the police and the police don't like him. He didn't know so, whether to like, he's like, oh, I guess I'll, I'll elbow Fischia or something. And we were just like. And then we said, just I'm not stood into there. That. Yeah. Like we all just stood there. He didn't say Give anything. Give us a hug, man. <laughs> right. It was so awkward. But the thing that kind of pissed me off about the whole thing was he said, don't you all have a, don't you all have a, a five-year-old son? And I was like, yeah. And he said, how's he doing with things? I was like, I mean. Well, at the time, nothing had blown up. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. It wasn't an issue yet. But then the fact that he, I knew he knew he had a young mm -hmm. son. Yes. And then he didn't reach out or even take the threats or anything seriously. Or just didn't correct the lies. Correct. He like, he, yeah. matter of fact, he backed them up. Sure. Yeah. And he, he kept welcoming on his platform, we welcome protesters to come to Louisville. He, he kept saying that. We that welcome you. We welcome you. Yeah. I, you know, so much could have really been avoided by just your department coming out and telling some the truth, truth. Yeah. correcting the lies that were yeah. out there. Yeah. It would have made a huge. Yeah, it wouldn't have changed everything. Yeah, but they let the attorneys totally narrate this thing. Exactly. And That's got the it problem. where they wanted it to go. Yeah. And then they paid the attorneys big money at the end. And you're wondering, is there a kickback here? Exactly. I mean, yes. why, why are y'all why are y'all working together? Yeah. What does yeah. the city get out of this? What how did they gain from this? Yeah, well, yeah when you get lawyers involved, it's just gonna go bad. <clears throat> and I don't understand there. how all the businesses downtown didn't come to like a coalition 
and go after the mayor. Never did. Never did. And because several of them lost their livelihood. Like sure. Businesses shut down, never came back. And I'm thinking there would be power in numbers and money. Exactly. That's, that's where you change things. Yeah. Joelle and I were talking about this earlier today about why people just don't step up and do the right thing. And I, I said, you know, in police departments, it's not acceptable, but you can understand it because there's really almost a Stockholm syndrome mm-hmm. in the police departments by the upper echelon. Again, I'm not calling them leaders because that's not what they are. Um, but they set an environment that makes you paranoid, even yeah. more so than the population of law enforcement being paranoid anyway. And it's just hard to to be one that steps up and takes that even when you retire. Yeah. A lot of times. And that's one reason I'm glad you're out telling your story, because there are a lot of people who would just, you know what, I'm done with that. I'm, yeah. I want to move on. Well, I had people with great intentions tell me that. I mean, mm-hmm. smart people that are up in government. Mm-hmm. And um, and they were like, man, once your book comes out, you know, why don't you just retire and just kind of go in the sunset and disappear? And I'm like, appreciate no. your advice. But no. right. you're like, have you met me? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm like, well, there's going to be other me's coming up. Right. And if somebody doesn't give them a voice or give them the courage to step up too, exactly. It's just going to keep happening. Yeah. Sure. And I don't like bullies. So sure. do you think anything has changed? Uh, you know, obviously they don't have a plan uh, if it happens again, but do you think other good things did come from this? If they did, I don't know what they are, but again, I'm totally out of the loop in our department. I'm right. kind of, you know, the outcast. Sure. Do you keep up with the women's group that Kelly started? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we um, probably like six or seven girls. We have like a text thread. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we talk almost every day. And so or on social media. Um, yeah, Kelly's not known for keeping her mouth shut. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> by no, any stretch no. of the imagination. And I love it. Like, I honestly wish I could kind of be more like that. <laughs> But I, I think you I got it just, in you. I, I just know. don't think you do. Yeah, hang with me, honey. We're okay. going to fix this by the night. <laughs> don't get her too riled up. This will come at me. <laughs> That's just part of the job. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, we're not going to make changes if we sit back and keep our mouths shut. And Well, the public needs to know what's going on, too. Yes. That's key because you can preach to the cops all day. They have no juice, right. you know, within exactly. the department. Right. But if, if enough of the public who has influence because – Pressure works. Yes. It just does. Yes. Whether it's positive or negative, it works. And and if you can get the right ears to sure. hear it and go, hey, wait, I just heard this. Is that true? Mm-hmm. You know, somebody who has authority. Yes. Then maybe things can change. But Well, and again, and this is where academies have got to stop this teaching, keep it separate. Because, again, the spouses need to know what's happening. And, again, now you're out of this, but you're a great voice for this. Because this isn't an isolated situation. Right. It doesn't necessarily have to be a husband that gets shot, but other things can happen. Their careers can be ended because somebody had a vendetta at the top or whatever. But spouses need to know they play a role here. Uh, you know, I said I could be Marshall's biggest stressor or biggest stress reliever, depending on which day of the week it was. Right. And we need to let people know what's going on and what they're walking into. That was something else DEA did when. He first got hired, a DEA spouse actually had a conversation with me and didn't paint this rosy picture of, oh, it's going to be like Miami Vice and, you know, that kind of stuff. And I was prepared going in because I'm cut out for that. I'm not, I can't do the nine to five. He started doing nine to five as a uh, 
supervisor and I was like, nah, I didn't marry you to set my watch by you, buddy. There's a dope deal you need to be doing somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but so it wasn't um, something that would scare me off. It maybe it would some, I don't know. Do you think anybody could have scared you off from this if they had had this conversation with you and kind of predicted the future? Probably not. I don't think so. No. no, you don't strike me as the type that would run from this. Yeah, no, I don't think so. And I think it's it's good because, you know, cops are so, like you said, they keep everything to themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think it's good for wives to know that they are human mm-hmm. and that they, they go through so much that people really don't know they go through. They right. see so much. Mm-hmm. And so it's nice to be like their, not their therapist, but just, just kind of their, their stress relief. Yes. Um, I, I had learned to like, just give them grace because there, there are days I know I could see that he was struggling, even though he wouldn't say he was struggling, Sure. Mm-hmm. but I could tell. Um, so yeah, you just have to kind of give them, give them some grace, give them sure. Be, hey, pa- be patient with We them. don't want our wives to know we're weak and need help. Either. No, not at all. <laughs> and see, and this is where the problem comes in because, again, I should, men are stupid. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Tom. Yeah, men are born stupid. This is a biblical thing. Okay. Um, it is in Ephesians where he gives the instructions for marriage. The man gets nine instructions where the woman only gets three. So you're three times dumber than we are. That's because women are crazy. (laughs) God knew they couldn't handle more than three. (laughs) Again, I rest my case. (laughs) Y'all prove me right every time. I don't have to do anything to prove it. That's why we can multitask better. We can do nine things. (laughs) No, we got the nine. I mean, no, y'all got the nine. We got the three, but y'all can't multitask at all. No, we have you ever been in a cop car when you're drinking coffee, driving, answering the radio, and I was horrified and I was like, Move over, and I got like to this drive. text in, so <laughs> driving my knee, <laughs> yeah. But it's something about you get out of your office and it all just kind of falls apart, you yeah. can't quite seem to manage more than one thing at a time, you're right. <laughs> and so, we definitely have a lot of ADD. We do, and that's part of what we teach. There are three characteristics, ADD, which means you're of higher IQ, you're adrenaline junkies, and you're caregivers. Yeah. And But this whole concept of weakness is the part that really is the only part I think we need to change from the law enforcement culture side about getting help. Mm -hmm. Um, The help side has got to do a lot more changing. Mm -hmm. Uh, They've got to be better educated and prepared, but they've also got to get rid of that threat because it is a threat. When there's a license involved, there's a threat. And it's not like you can walk in somebody's office and say something and they go, oh, okay, I got to call your chief and you back out, <laughs> change my mind. I really didn't mean that. Yeah. Cat's out of the bag. Yeah. Uh, but families have got to be brought into this lifestyle and educated. And we need to start at the academy level. Yeah, And, you know, because I think that the big thing, one of the big things that we teach is that he doesn't need you to fix things. He just needs you to listen. Right. right. And that was one of the greatest lessons I think I learned because I can remember literally sitting him in a chair and I'm looking at him and he's talking and I'm nodding and making faces inappropriate or not. And I'm thinking I got to get one to piano. I got to get another one to hockey. But Oh yeah. Mm -hmm," You know, no idea what he's saying because he didn't need me to. He didn't need me to process it. Right. Well, we don't want you to fix it because you'll fix it not the way we want it. 
Exactly. And well, then, we'll and fix it better than well, you that's would. That's what then. makes us the, the, the alpha control freak type. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I want it my way. This is how I like it. Sure. Even if I, it takes me five years to do it when you could have done it in a day. Sure. You know, it's just. Well, and we were teaching up in Winslow, and it was funny to see some of the spouses' faces when I would talk about that and say that, you know, there's two versions that can come home because you're problem solvers and you either come home and the attitudes, I've been solving problems all day, leave me alone. I don't care if the hot water heater's not working or the one that comes home and you go, oh, I paid somebody to fix the hot water heater and you lose your mind because you could have fixed it for less. <laughs> it, that, that's about our only two options. Yeah. And wives don't under, and this can go for husbands as well that are married to females that uh, they don't understand why that goes on. And again, your whole job description is you're a problem solver. And spouses kind of need to understand that. Kids do too. But the problem, we also overstep boundaries with our spouses because we try to fix all their problems. And you all don't want that either. No. Right. no. You all just want us to listen. Absolutely. And we should make that clear yeah. and say that rather than opening the door. Right. Uh, kids, well, here's your answer. And we're very direct with it. This is simple. Just do X, Y, Z, and you'll be fine. Right. And why and did you like, do that in the first like, place? Oh, whoa, whoa. There's emotions <laughs> did, involved Did I in ask this. you to fix this? <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted you to say, yes, dear, it's all going to be fine. Yeah. We were sharing the story. I had a, a couple in, and they came in, and just the look on their faces, I knew something bad had gone on. And I said, what in the world? She goes, we were laying in bed this morning, and I was just sharing with him how, you know, I just felt <laughs> fat. And I went, oh, God. I knew the officer, and I looked at him. I said, what did you say to her? He goes, thought it was motivated. I told her then if that's how she felt, get her fat ass out of bed and get on the treadmill. (laughs) (laughs) No, you didn't. (laughs) He said, I thought I was helping. Yeah, you need to sleep with both eyes open for about six years because that one's not going to be forgotten. (laughs) He could have suggested more physical exercise with him at that moment. Exactly. Would have burned a few calories. Right. Well, actually, smart. yeah, no, actually, all she wanted to hear is, honey, I, I love you at any size, right. but if there's something I can do because you're uncomfortable, you let me know. Am I right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, y'all didn't get that lesson somehow. <laughs> he especially didn't. But yeah, fixing it's probably not a good plan. Yeah. What is your son saying here at eight? What What part did he hear you talk about yesterday? I don't know. She was trying to think, <laughs> I didn't see him. Because he asked that yesterday. So he was talking a little bit about Brett and how he was, you know, doing the right thing. He's mm-hmm. the one that's charged with the shooting through the side windows. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um I'm trying to think what else. It wasn't anything crazy. Uh-huh. Um, just talking about how just like more motivational stuff. So that was good just because I didn't, he wanted, he has been asking to hear him talk. I'm sure. And I just knew some of the stuff is just not appropriate. I mean, he just, and he, he has developed night terrors. Mm -hmm. And so we, um, he's in, he's in therapy and he's, he's come a really long way. But like I told him, cause he said, should we take him tonight? And I said, if he doesn't remember something and we talk about something, I don't want it to refresh his mind sure. and then it start a whole new sure. problem. So yeah. Cause we don't really know what questions can yeah. be asked tonight that can. Right. Right. You know, you don't want to have to pick and choose your words with a child right. in there, especially uh, with this population. Did they ask questions yesterday? Was there an opportunity for no, questions yesterday? No. And I'll, I'll probably start incorporating that. I did it in the beginning. Uh huh. Um, and then for some reason, it just veered away. I don't know if it was a time issue or, sure. you know, the way to wrap something up at the end to be done. 
um, because sometimes you open that door, you go on. Well, especially when you're talking about 600 people. Yeah. Um, did your son say anything after y'all walked out? Did he ask questions about anything he had heard his dad say? Nope. He just was like, I want to stay. And he was like, why can't I listen? And I said, well, just some things aren't kid appropriate. Mm -hmm. um, he did tell his therapist, and I think this was kind of one of his biggest setbacks. He thought that when he was shot, we lied to him. Oh. I lied to him. Okay. Because he knew that he was shot. Mm -hmm. But for some reason, I didn't give him all the details. And so he thought I lied to him. So we had to explain to him that there are certain things that children need to know mm -hmm. and certain things that they don't. And it's not because we lied to him. It's just for their protection. And so I think once he understood that, that helped a little bit. Sure. But I had no idea he'd been carrying that for three years. Because um, that just came to like, what, six months ago, maybe? Mm -hmm. And I was, and even his therapist was like, wow. Like, mm -hmm. I had no idea mm -hmm. this was. Wait till he finds out Santa Claus. Ain't really. <laughs> 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 Joel didn't know that. <laughs> I'm going to edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, was there like one specific thing that he found out? That made him think that you lied to him? No, he just, I had just told him, you know, well, dad had just told him he was shot. Because, you know, of course, you're a mom, you're, you try to protect him. Sure. And so he had gotten out of surgery and my sister had went and actually picked him up. She didn't tell him. She said, daddy was in an accident. He, mom's at the hospital with him. She didn't give him any details. So when he FaceTimed, John was like, I was shot. So of course, he was still on pain medication. He had just come out of surgery, and I'm sitting there just shaking my head. You know like, what I was saying? Oh, no. Oh, no. But I don't think it was specifically one thing. He just thought we kept things from him. Which yeah. we did. Had to. Yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. And so did he ask any questions when you were on the phone with him and you said, I've been shot? Did he ask anything? I don't anything? remember. I think maybe just, are you okay? Where just or? Basic. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. And then when he came to see him in the hospital, he was a little... Standoffish at first. Because, you know, he was still connected to IVs and stuff. But sure. uh, he's 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 resilient. He's mm -hmm. amazing. They are. Um, it's just. And he's, he's very intelligent. Yeah. And doesn't miss much. I mean, you can't get anything around him. And he's very, um, probably the reason he was upset with her is because on everything, he wants to know every detail. Sure. You know, well, why does it work this way? Mm -hmm. sure. You know, he wants an, it's never a, you can't just say. Just because, because. Right. never, yeah. right? You know, he's got to know why, and I'm okay with that. Mm -hmm. You know, to, to an to extent. extent. Yeah. Then you yes. find this is it, dude. You know, yeah, this right. is Because um, I don't know the rest of the answers. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> yeah. Um, but like he went, he's asked me several times, "Can I see the video?" You know, when they were first working on me, I'm like, "Ah, just not yet. Mm -hmm. Just wait." What age have y'all decided you will show him? I haven't. I don't know. Probably ask the therapist to get her opinion. Uh -huh. Yesterday he said, when when can I do it? I said, I don't know. Maybe when you're 10. We'll talk about it later. I mean, and look he out, won't Mom. forget when he's 10. <laughs> he's 10. Yes. Okay, exactly. Mom. He will be, you lied to me. Uh -huh. right. Yeah. I think a lot of times though, the mistake parents make is, is we don't ask enough questions. We talk as far as what they need. to them a lot, yeah. but we don't. And find I, out their translations. And that's one of the things I talk about, even especially with even my grown kids. Mm -hmm. You know, I was so in the protection mode for so long mm -hmm. and the hyper vigilant, you know. With the threats are out there. You, right. You had so to. I thought I was doing everything right because I was physically protecting them. Yeah. But then I didn't even go to the emotional part. Right. Sure. You know, ask them what they need. What are you feeling? What all that stuff. It just didn't happen. Right. And it clicked, you know, 
three years later, mm -hmm. two and a half years later, I'm like, oh man, I screwed up on that one. Mm -hmm. Do you know why they had such a problem with the email that you sent out? No. I mean, it's truth. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> give, us, give us Man, synopsis of the email. for. The so book. it basically just said, hey, you're getting ready to go through some tough times. You and your family are because of the whatever decision, whichever way it goes, people aren't going to be happy. Sure. And, and you wrote this to who? Who is this So it went out to all users on LMPD, which okay. is citizens, civilians and sworn. Okay. So 2,500 people maybe. Sure. And, um, and so it, it was basically... You're getting ready to face some tough times. You and your family are. Don't screw this up. Mm -hmm. Don't let the bad guys antagonize you because the FBI is going to be coming at you. Mm -hmm. they'll, they'll they'll look for every reason to go after you and not the bad guys. Yep. And the same with our upper command. Yep. Um, now you know I called them out during it. Called them cowards. Called them different things. But sure. Um, it's what they are. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so. Well, the truth yeah. hurts. Yeah. Right. They proved that. Yeah, if you refuse to stand up and protect me when I need it the most, why would I protect you in my language when I'm talking about you? Right. Yeah. You know, you yep. get what you deserve. Exactly. Loyalty is not a one-way street. It's, right. It's got to go both ways. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and then I called, and the funny thing is the wording was correct, saying these people that throw urine on you, spit on you, hit you, they're thugs. Mm -hmm. They're not the normal they're not just protesting. Right. But they took that and they lumped it into me calling all black people thugs. Mm -hmm. And, of course. you know, all these different things. They took one thing and would spin it around. All sure. There's probably five or six main points in there that they did that with. So, and yeah, they're criminals. National media. Yeah. White, black, yeah, purple, matter. whatever. Yeah, they're thugs are thugs. Yes, absolutely. Why, why did black people get the word thug? Why did they get to claim it? <laughs> Good so question. I've, I've yeah. called people thugs my entire life because I grew up in a poor neighborhood. Sure, it was mostly white, had blacks too, but there was a bunch of thuggy white kids. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's just the way it is. Well, and I think that's what we do in this country a lot: it, the generalizations, mm -hmm. and then we take it and make it fit what we want it to fit. Right, and that's the sad part because really and truly, the most protesters and and how long did the protests go on? In Louisville? Uh-huh. Oh, over a year. Okay. And the yeah. most that were ever there? How many? Yeah. I mean, are we talking really large yeah, probably groups 20, for the whole time? No, no, no. Probably, what, 20, 30,000 the first couple months? Yeah. Or first, probably a couple weeks. Then it died down to probably still 10,000 for mm -hmm. months. And then the last probably six months, what you would have is outbreaks mm -hmm. every night. You know, all of a sudden, three or 400 on this corner doing donuts in the street, breaking stuff or doing stupid stuff. And then- sure. Two or three hundred over here, and but that was every night doing the car caravans, going in good neighborhoods, and and causing disruption. Sure. So it was that's kind of what it was. It, it was the outside antagonizers along with locals, but then once they left, the locals just kept up. But well, and you have to wonder how many of them even knew what they were protesting, or, or exactly. even cared. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah, it was an opportunity. They're just out to yeah. have fun and and yeah, tear the, things up. Yeah, and, and this is how crazy the department was one of the officers that was out walking with the people mm -hmm. they put on our older daughter's detail sitting outside her house wasn't that the one yeah yeah and i'm thinking wait so he, he is out he marching with, with the protesters all these people volunteer i mean it was he wasn't assigned to do that right it was something he chose well to later do. on i heard that that the department asked this group of black guys to march with the protesters, but they were out there arm in arm. Now they weren't in the violent one, just the walking one. Right. You but know, so, still. But still you're, yeah, you've made, you've chosen a side. 
exactly. at this point. But then you're sitting on our daughter's house watching it, yeah. and I'm thinking, yeah, that's a call. No, we got to go. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, no yeah, that's not a safe safe thing there. Are the threats still there? We don't know. You because don't hear anything. Well, the FBI shut down the investigation, so nobody's looking into it. Right. You know, ten days after the the hit came out. No, no bank accounts are followed. No phones are listened to. None of that is gone. Now we get, the, I get the stupid threats on online. You mm -hmm. know, people that I could care less about. I, I do enjoy your Twitter account. <laughs> Some of the stuff. Now I got to learn to do Twitter. I, I, I Joel, Joel, you're gonna have to teach me because I don't know how to do it. I looked at it. And you, you popped up on my on the feed, you know. And I told Tracy, I said, man. John can he just sometimes can't hold back. It's so great listening to some of the stuff that well, you used to see. Please the times, share. You should see the times I go pop, 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 hit, no, no, I had to leave. That's probably too much. Yeah, Joel, we're gonna have to have a lesson on Twitter now because I gotta follow John and see what he's see if I can get him stirred up. I don't think he needs any help. That's probably not hard to do. Most so. of the time, I'll just drop the bomb and walk away, and I won't even go back and respond to him after that. Yeah. I care. I don't even look at oh, the replies. I, I love some of the responses to you know the things that you say it's like these people are just stupid <laughs> well the best part about twitter now is is the more people that follow you and that know your story mm -hmm. you somebody says something and you respond or there's a little little bit of clash and you walk away and they fight your battle for you oh yeah ah. and they're like they're like putting a post up and articles and yeah, hammering crazy. these people and i'm like i ain't gotta do it anymore yes <laughs> <laughs> have there been any threats so that you have felt like you did need to report to the FBI or to somebody? Well, I would never report one to the FBI anymore. Well, I hear you on that. Uh, yeah, I agree. Um, but to anybody? No, I don't think so. Not recently, no. Because yeah. who would you report it to? I don't know. I might go straight to KSP. Well, you know, that's true. State police, yeah, yeah. Which we begged the FBI to turn it over to them. Mm -hmm. And they wouldn't. <laughs> well, of course yeah, not. I don't know. Why did they have to get involved? Why, you know, why are they continuing the the case against the other officer? You know what, what, what is it a benefit for them to do? It's you know? it's just this agenda right now against yeah. police. Well, right. they got nothing else to do. They don't they don't investigate bank <laughs> robberies. They don't investigate you know kidnapping across state lines. What do they do? Well, I can't tell you how many times we took great cases to federal court sure. and try to you know this guy we just got him with. Two kilos of coke, five guns. He's got a history a mile long. You go in, they go, no, it doesn't meet our criteria. There was certain like a chart that they had to yeah. reach a standard. And I'm going, well, now you're prosecuting cops for misdemeanors. Yes. So now you'll do misdemeanors, yes. but you won't go after these violent yeah. felons. How, yeah. It doesn't Where's make the logic? sense. Yeah. yeah. Well, because we can write the narrative the way we want to write the narrative there. And, uh, sadly, but hopefully they're getting exposed. I think they're getting more and more egg on their face, and eventually mm -hmm. people are going to, the citizens are going to get tired of it. And again, that's it goes back to what we talked about earlier. Until people expose these mm -hmm. things and put it out there for people to see and not just listen to the news because they're bought and paid for. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm enjoying the Secret Service's closing investigation on the <laughs> cocaine in the library at the White House. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can't. Can't figure that one out wow, at all. Man, there's some, you know, that White House is so insecure now because <laughs> yeah, they can never the, solve yeah. anything that happens there. Well, well I said, you know, it's an open case now for somebody walking with anthrax because they'll never find you. <laughs> isn't it amazing? They couldn't find the backpack bombers with all the cameras. Isn't it amazing? They couldn't find the Supreme Court leaker mm -hmm. with all, there's only a few of them. Right. There's not many sure. in the Supreme Court. Sure. And now they can't figure this cocaine out. Yeah, well, we kind of 
know who it is, but you know. We'll, but we'll figure this misdemeanor out, exactly. by golly. <laughs> we'll get DNA That's from right. 35 years ago. <laughs> Dude, they downloaded the my phone. They did our Apple account. They did everything. They're looking for anything they could find just to, to sure. build something off of. I'd love to know how much money they spent on this. Oh, yeah. Just on our case. Oh, how yeah. many millions? And what's the standing right now? What's what's still going on? What hasn't been decided? So nothing with us. Okay. I, I hope. We'll see. Yeah. You never know what they're working oh, yeah, on. But right. um, with Brett, the guy that was with me that night, that mm -hmm. he went to state trial, got acquitted. Okay. Which was total shock because Jefferson County is super liberal and all the negative publicity that went on there that was lies that never got refuted, people still believe. But these jurors got to hear the truth for once. Mm -hmm. And with less than two hours, they came back with a not guilty. Wow. Yeah. And I assume they tried to get a change of venue. Yes. But it was no. denied. Yeah, of course. Um, and so there was there was two FBI agents. I think one was a TFO and one was an agent. When they gave the verdict, they stood up after they gave the verdict, walked out and looked and said, it's not over. And then they came and brought their own charges. So now it's are, personal. Right. Mm -hmm. Which it's it's their way of getting around double jeopardy because mm -hmm. they're charging the same crime, but on a federal level instead of state. Sure. Plus they added uh, civil rights violation, which is holds the penalty of life in prison. Right. And so here's a guy who didn't hurt anybody, mm -hmm. did the same thing that we make runs on all day, every day, people shooting, and you're going to put him in jail for life. You wow. Know, it's, it's tough. Do you talk to him at all? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I was at his attorney's office Thursday. And is he married? No, he's got a girlfriend he's been with for 20, 15 years, I guess. And how is she in all this? Have, have you communicated with her? I have. Um, Nervous? Yeah. What's he doing? Nobody's going to hire him. Yeah. Right. You know, fortunately, he was really good with his money. Uh-huh. Um, so he's he's okay. Wow. Yeah, I, I just don't, I don't think the public understands the ramifications of this job, which would explain why a lot of people don't want to do this right. job. Well, the, what it is, is the power of the pen can can totally disrupt somebody's life, not just mm -hmm. disrupt it, but financially. Yes. Mm -hmm. I mean, they can put you in ruins like that. Yes. And they don't care. Well, and how many people's jobs as the parents impact their children to the point of needing to be in therapy for however long he's your well, my older child, my older kids older. too. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, and the government's not paying for that either. No, because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. you got a job, my, by God, the government ain't going to help you. But if you're a freeloader, they'll give you everything. Hey, yeah, plus some. All right, I got, I got some advice for you. Right here at the border, we can get you to the border. <laughs> you go down. Now walk back over, and I get absolutely. everything I want. Yeah, I'll give you a brand we, new cell phone. We have on connections. Just don't take your gun across the border uh, yeah. with mm -hmm. you, like we almost did, um, too. But yeah, uh, yeah. So you know, that's one way to get all your stuff paid for right. uh, you might be surprised this is uh you know we're going to carry this on tonight and uh i hope this has given you kind of an idea of the direction we need to go i i think this is about educating the officers that their family forget what they learned in the academy yeah. the the family has to be connected in this somehow it is a lifestyle and as admirable as it is that you wanted to protect her Nice job. Um, you can't. It's totally impossible. And the same with your son. And at some point, yeah, you're going to have to sit down and it will be hard for him at any age. Mm -hmm. Don't, I mean, Joel, you're the son of a law enforcement officer. It wouldn't be easy to hear any of this at your young age of 
22. I'm just kidding. He's a little older than that. He looks it, but um, it wouldn't be easy to hear, would it? No, I mean, because it was like the first COVID death, you know, for me, social media, you know, I'm sure he's probably not scrolling on social media, but for me, it was hard to ignore the social media stuff. Sure. I was the one going on and correcting, you know, stupid comments that I'd see. And that was a, just a, you know, there was no shooting. It was just a COVID death. And people were like, was it really COVID though? Or just like <laughs> unnecessary comments. Yeah. Or, really just happened. mean comments. Yeah. It's right. Not necessary. Yeah. Just, you know, cop haters saying stuff. So. Well, and it's out there forever. Uh, you know, all everything that was going on with y'all is out there forever that he can find. Right. And kind of so, like, like her OnlyFans account. Her <laughs> <laughs> okay educate me joel what, no, what, are, no, no. what are they talking about it's uh something we're creating for you susan so <laughs> yes. tune in tune is in. this gonna get me on the domestic terrorist watch list like no I it'll want? just make you money you know what it, it, it might <laughs> yes, get that done today that that's on my bucket list now i've decided um we had a good friend in that was a whistleblower for the federal air marshals okay. <laughs> on the biden administration <laughs> And yeah, I've decided I want to be on, I don't want to be on the no-fly list. I want to be on the watch list where the fams have to follow me around. Yeah. And I told How them. How do you I'm, find out if you're on it? When the fams are following you around. No. And I'm going to call it a date. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, we're going to have some fun. This will be great. <laughs> so yeah, work on that, whatever that is that you're going to yeah, do for me. Oh boy. Yeah. Do you really have? <laughs> no, 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 oh. no. No. It's just a website <laughs> girls can make money on. By taking their clothes off and doing whatever. Well, we're not going to do that. Yeah. But <laughs> I'd have to pay people if I did that. <laughs> well, we're just excited y'all could come in. You had time to come in. You're going to be with us a few more days here in this lovely uh, oven. Yes, hill. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Y'all are kind of up in the in the interesting part of the state, but uh, yeah. So we're just looking forward to tonight, and I think we'll have a good turnout and. We'll just have an informal conversation, basically, is what this is going to be, and opportunity for questions, too. And cool. I'm sure there'll be some good ones, and hopefully the spouses are going to come and have some for you as well. So, yeah, yeah, appreciate you being here, and head back now. What you got planned for the rest of the day? You can do a little sightseeing here in this Not today. I'm going um, to go back to the sell some books, hopefully. Good. And then she'll get ready for tonight. And okay, perfect. Tom, you want to wrap us up here? Sure. Um, again, thanks for being on the podcast today, both of you. It yeah. was a pleasure. Thank you for having uh, us. It was nice to be able to meet you in person. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, this needs to happen more often with the spouses. Right, I on agree. This stuff. Yeah, especially on some of our guests that come on just to see the spouse side of it. Uh -huh. We preach that the families need to be involved, so we should involve them. Kind of involve them on the podcast. Yeah, here's yeah. what's sad when we teach the eight hour for officers and spouses. They don't bring them until they'll call them by lunch and go, you need to be here at this training. <laughs> they got to hear what we're going to teach first. <laughs> they don't want you to out them too much. Oh, no, no. Uh, then no. I tell them I'm going to teach them how to have more sex with their spouse than they thought possible. Baby, you got to come to this show. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Exactly right. <laughs> um, but I guess for all our listeners out there, um, we we have to be better about involving our families. and letting them know some of the real possibilities that can happen. Uh, because we, if we can do it before, it's not quite a shock. If it 
if or when it does happen. Yep. Um, and for anybody out there, uh, first responders, military, families, if you are struggling with something, um, if it's effects of the job, which happens to all of us, it's it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when, mm-hmm. um, reach out to us. We have a, a phone number that you can call 24-7, um, and you're going to get somebody on the line to talk to. Um, that number is 855 855- Um, 889-2348. Totally anonymous. It is. Uh, So that's the number that shows up on our phones um, when you call it. So if we get disconnected, you have to call us back because we don't have your phone number. Um, And we do that on purpose. Yes. Also, um, if you hit extension one, um, you will get somebody. You just may have to let it ring for a while because it's going to roll to the first available stress coach. Um, no notes, no records, right. never, even for in, in-person sessions. Exactly. It doesn't matter who you are, where you are, or what you're doing, what your job is. Uh, we're here to help you. Um, also, Susan, um, if they want to reach you, mm-hmm. um, they can hit extension 2 on that 855 number. Yeah, but I'd rather you use my cell number, which is 334-324-3570. Text me during the daytime. That extension too, I have a hard time getting to my voicemail of that thing. I, I, I'm not very computer technologically advanced, and I get less and less with age. So I prefer the cell phone, please. Yes. Um, again, on that number also, if you hit extension three, you'll get David Cohen down in Alabama, mm-hmm. uh, who runs our team down there. Um, I will be extension four. Um, also, you can reach me by my cell phone at 480-861-6574. So, you know, families, thank you for the sacrifices. You know, you made a lot of sacrifices over the years that I don't think people, I don't even know that we really even think about it when we're doing it, to be honest. We just make life work Mm -hmm. with a crazy Mm -hmm. schedule and stuff. But we want families to know, don't wait on the law enforcement, fire, military spouse to say they want help. Call us. We, We can find ways I think I'm accused of Jedi mind tricks that may be true but whatever uh, we can probably help you figure out a way to get them in here or to call us yes yeah, so call us anytime uh, we are here for you um, 24/7 365 I exactly. have no life so call me give me something to do be busy <laughs> keeps me out of trouble she just has a a, a young puppy still oh that she's gosh. playing with that keeps her busy so oh we might as well help keep susan busy yes so yeah. call her and if you need a german shepherd eight months old 80 pounds call me you, I'm, i may put her out on i-60 with a sign that says we'll work for food <laughs> So again, we are here for you. Um, Thank you for your sacrifice that you do every day. And thanks for the family and their sacrifices. God bless you. God bless this nation. And we'll hope to hear you back in next week.